The white work style vans with no windows are creepy enough as it is, but imagine that you see a van like that in the parking lot. It suddenly drives off, and you notice something on the ground. You walk over and you realize that what's left on the ground is a picture. It's a picture of a young woman who went missing a year ago. I'm your host, Coy Atkins, and this episode of Crime Nerds covers the story of Tara Calico. Bellin is a small town in New Mexico. Today it has around 7,200 residents, and that number hasn't changed too much since 1988, when there was about 6,000 people living in the town. And one of those 6,000 people was 19-year-old Tara Calico. In 1988, Tara was a sophomore at the University of New Mexico. Ever since she was a little girl, she was a very active person, from cheerleading, playing softball, tennis to skiing, and even riding her bike. In fact, she rode her bike just about every single day. She'd usually ride a total of 36 miles on a path along New Mexico State Road 47. She'd go 18 miles out and then make the 18 miles back. But everything changed on September 20th, 1988. Tara left her house around 9.30 that morning to set out on her daily ride. She told her mom, Patty Dole, that she had plans to play tennis with her boyfriend around noon. I'll be honest here. My first thought when I read this was that if I was planning to bike 36 miles, I would need a lot more than a few hours. This sounded more like an all-day type of deal. But after a little more research, with how much Tara rode, it's estimated that it probably would have taken her an hour and a half to two hours to make a 36-mile bike ride. Patty also used to ride the same bike path, but she stopped riding it because she felt like she was being stalked by someone on the path. Patty warned Tara of this and asked her to be safe if she continued riding the path. As 12.30 approached, Tara hadn't returned home yet. Patty got in the car and began driving along the bike path the entire way that Tara would take. She's expecting to see Tara broken down with a flat tire or something, but there were no signs of Tara. Based on her own experience of a possible stalker on the trail, now her daughter was missing. Patty feared the worst and went to the police. Police began looking up and down the trail, and they found a few key pieces of evidence early on. They located tire tracks from a bicycle, and right next to those tracks were tire tracks from a vehicle. Where the tire tracks ended, the dirt was disturbed and shuffled all around, and there was a cassette on the ground near that spot. According to Patty, the cassette belonged to Tara. So it looked like the bike was traveling, Something happened which caused the bike to stop, and then there was an altercation, some sort of scuffle or fight, but it ended there. The tire tracks for the bike didn't pick back up, and there weren't any footprints that looked like someone ran off from that spot either. It all just kind of ended right there. As the search for clues and witnesses continued, a few more things came up. 19 miles away from the trail, near a remote campground, a yellow Sony Walkman was found. Now, 
This was 19 miles away, so it may not have had anything to do with Tara, but it may have. Tara had a yellow Walkman, and she had it with her when she left to go on the bike ride. The one that was found didn't have a cassette in it, and it's believed that the cassette that was on the bike trail was hers, so it makes sense that it could have been her Walkman. Patty believed that Tara may have found a way to have thrown it out or dropped it, as if a way to leave a clue for what direction she is being taken. No one saw the abduction take place, but a few witnesses came forward and spoke with police. They said that they saw Tara riding her bike on the trail, and a light-colored pickup truck was following closely behind her. But this is where the case began to go cold. No leads came in, there's no signs of this pickup truck anywhere, no sightings of Tara, and just a lot of nothing. This was a serious case, but it wasn't getting a lot of attention. At least not yet. Not until nine months later when something happened that threw Tara's case in the national spotlight. On June 15, 1989, 23 hours away from Bella, New Mexico, lies the small Florida coastal town of Port St. Joe. The people of Port St. Joe had most likely never heard of Tara prior to this day. But things were about to change that would forever connect her to this small town. A woman pulled into a convenience store parking lot and she noticed a white windowless Toyota cargo van that was parked. There was a man in the driver's seat with a mustache that was probably in his 30s. As I mentioned in the intro, there's already preconceived ideas when you see a windowless van. It's creepy. While 99% of these vans are probably pretty legitimate work vans, or someone's way of transportation, it's that 1% that sticks in our minds. The small percentage that we have seen in movies, TV shows, or on the news. And on June 15th, 1989, this van seemed to fit in that 1%. The woman walked into the store and when she came out the van was gone. But in the parking spot that the van was just in, there was something on the ground that caught the woman's eye. The woman walked over and picked up a Polaroid picture. The picture that would soon be on the headlines of every news station. The photograph looked like it was taken in the back of a white windowless van. There was a girl with black tape over her mouth, her hands behind her back. She was wearing a gray shirt and black shorts. The girl looks like she's a teenager. Next to her is a boy that looks even younger, possibly around 10 years old. He's wearing a blue shirt. His hands are also behind his back, and he has black tape on his mouth as well. A month after being found, the photo was broadcast on the TV program A Current Affair. A few of Patty's friends saw the photo on TV, and they believed that this woman looked identical to Tara, so they told Patty about it. Patty then met with investigators, and she also believed that this could have been Tara in the photo. Other than the woman in the photo physically resembling Tara, there are two other things that stood out to Patty. There was a small scar that could be seen on the woman's leg. Tara had a similar scar from being in a car crash. The other thing... There was a book called My Sweet Adrena that was next to the woman in the photo, which just happened to be Tara's favorite book. Not only did Patty and her friends think that this woman in the photo was Tara, but so did Tara's sister, Michelle. So Tara's family believes that this was her in the photo. The FBI, they weren't sure about it. Different law enforcement agencies had different opinions. But another question that remained, 
who was the boy? Two months before Tara's disappearance, nine-year-old Michael Henley went on a camping trip with his dad in the Zuni Mountains of New Mexico, which was about three hours from where Tara went missing in Bellin. But Michael went missing on that camping trip. When the photos surfaced, Michael's parents believed that he was the one in the van also. At face value, this looks very credible and connected. Two people in a photograph that are tied up in a van in Florida and both are missing from New Mexico within months of each other and not very far apart. It's very easy to draw the lines and see the connections here. But the connections were eventually broken up. A year after the photo was found, Michael's body was found in the Zuni Mountains. The official investigation said that he wandered off in the middle of the night from the campsite and eventually passed away due to exposure to the elements. So it was officially ruled out that Michael was the one in the photo. Michelle has said that Tara has also become like an urban legend around the town. People warn their kids saying things like, oh, don't go out alone or the same thing that happened to Tara might happen to you. In 2006, Rene Rivera became the sheriff of Valencia County, which is the sheriff's office that's investigating Tara's case. Rene started his career as a deputy sheriff the year after Tara went missing, so his entire law enforcement career was in the community and over the years he had heard the rumors, the stories, the theories, and the urban legends. In 2008, the sheriff reported that he received information that Tara was accidentally hit by a truck on her bike ride. Two teenagers that knew Tara were in the truck, they panicked and ended up killing her. The sheriff said that the teenagers and possibly other relatives covered up the crime by disposing of Tara's body. The sheriff also said that he knew the names of the people involved, but he wasn't going to release the names because there just wasn't enough evidence to make a case against them. The sheriff also did not say where any of this information was coming from. John Dole, Tara's stepfather, he was furious about this. He said that the sheriff never should have made those comments if he was not willing to arrest anyone. In 2019, the FBI announced that they were offering a $20,000 reward for information leading to Tara and information leading to the arrest of people responsible for her disappearance. More than 30 years have gone by without any answer to Tara's disappearance. Michelle isn't giving up hope on finding answers to what happened to her sister. Michelle also believes that it's a possibility that the teenage boys were trying to catcall her from the truck. In the process of that, they ended up hitting her with the truck. Things escalated and the crime was covered up. Over the years, people talk, especially in small towns. While rumors spread, there's hope that there is some truth to these rumors that will lead to actual answers. Or that $20,000 is enough to convince someone to come forward with information that they know. Then there's this part of the mystery. If Taro was killed while riding her bike, then who was the girl and the boy in the photo that was found in Florida? Patty passed away in 2006. Up until her death, she believed that Tara was in fact the girl in the photo. I think this goes a long way because this is the mother of Tara, saying that she believes that this is her daughter in the photo. I feel like whatever law enforcement or FBI or forensic tests were done, I feel like Patty saying that she believes this is her goes a little bit further. After the photo was on national news, several fake ones were imitated and released. As horrible and grueling as it is, Patty went through each photo 
that ever came out and ruled out every single one of them saying that they weren't Tara. The only one that she was convinced that was Tara was the first one found. On Instagram, I'm going to post several photos of Tara as well as the Polaroid found. So, go to Crime Nerds Podcast on Instagram. Let me know what you think of the photos, if you think that this is Tara or not in the Polaroid. This brings us to a conclusion of this episode, so thank you for listening.